This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami. Minus Mackie. I'm Rami. There's Judd Zolgad. We got Murph on the other side of the glass. No Mackie today. He's in Vegas to see Aerosmith. Yeah, I think he saw... That's pretty cool. I think he saw Steven Tyler and Aerosmith like five years ago somewhere. And he, he he was very impressed that the old man still had his fastball. Vocally, I guess. He does? Mackie claims that Steven Tyler could bring it. And, and he also he also said that, that he's been to some Bon Jovi shows, and, and when Bon Jovi gets to his high notes now, he does the Harry Carey take me out to the ball game thing, <laughs> just extending the mic in front of himself, being like, you know, and, and he's about to go up, and then he extends the mic, and everyone sings, and it covers up the fact that Bon Jovi's fastball is long gone. Yeah. And, play. and Mackie said Smart. that Steven Tyler still has that fastball. So he doesn't and pass Steven it Tyler's, off. what, 70-something? He doesn't pass it off to the crowd. That's what Phil said. Huh. All right. Poor crowd interaction. That's Danny Cunningham, by the way. Our Wolves. The other day I called you insider and you said you're not the insider. You're I mean, wolf. I was just trying to Our wolves start are... off the podcast on a good note. <laughs> Danny like, just won't leave. Just too. like the show. Yeah, this is my third he's, hour. Yeah. He's the guest who just won't leave. Third like, hour. Great. You all right? You're going to be okay? Danny, you got something going on? I'm going to need to stretch my legs in a little bit. Danny stuck around good. after filling in for uh, Matthew Collar on Score North Live every day from 2 to 4 here on Score North for uh, some some breaking Bucks news. Couple of couple of tidbits coming down from uh, Johnny K and Sham Serenia, uh, Chauncey Billups Wolfness. and the Wolves. Yeah, yes. you, you don't work in Milwaukee. What did I say? Wrong. You said Bucks. Bucks. You said Bucks. Uh, My bad. This is, uh, and, then like, we'll get, and then we'll get a note being like, oh, you it's know, happened like Ronnie three it's... times since I moved here. I think I called the Twins to Brewers once. I called Glenn Perkins, former Brewers reliever. <laughs> and now I yeah. just said the uh, the Bucks when I meant so to say the So the best the slip up I've mm-hmm. made so far, we were doing the, the schedule the other night yeah. for, for the Vikings. And they play the Chargers week 15. And I go, yeah, and then they, they go play the Clippers in L.A. <laughs> because, so they're both L.A.C. And right. when I see L.A.C., I'm like, oh, that's the Clippers. Clippers, right. The Chargers are in San Diego. Can I tell you one thing I can't get used to before we get into this breaking Wolves news? Wolves news. Um, I still say New Jersey Nets all the time. I'm with Brooklyn. All the but time. I, I say, that's understandable, though. Totally, though. I say San Diego Chargers all the time. So do I. Um I don't know that there are any other ones. It took me a I'm while to get the Rams Brooklyn. right. I, I was saying St. Louis Rams for a, but a good LA year Rams after they makes had. way sure, more sense than the Chargers. But I was saying St. Louis Rams for a good year. See, I'm after surprised back because to the Coliseum. I remember. But the Chargers, I'm a mess Not on. to harp on this, but you're older than me. I remember when they were the LA Rams. <laughs> so do I. Before they were the St. Louis but Rams. Then they now, went back to being the LA Rams. And my brain's been trained, okay? <laughs> I think we're going to do it with the Raiders, too, when they move to Vegas. I, don't, I think it's going to take a little bit to call them the Vegas Raiders. I think we should start calling them the Vegas Raiders now. 
just to get Let's used get ahead to it. Of it. Yeah, just to get used Let's get to ahead it. of it. Let's call them the mess because that's what they are. Yeah, we'll get to that a that's little a, bit later. That is a great so story. weird. It's a great and weird story anyway, concerning the Raiders. Breaking Bulls news: Chauncey Billups <laughs> and the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> will meet in the near future to discuss the franchise's president of basketball operations role. Sources tell uh, John Krasinski and Minnesota has been finalizing interview dates with candidates including Billups, Nuggets assistant GM Calvin Booth, Clippers GM Michael Winger, and Rockets Vice President Gerson Rosa, Rosas? Rosas? Rosas. Rosas. Uh, sources again tell John Krasinski. Uh, they also are interviewing Brooklyn Nets assistant GM Trajan Langdon. Really? Really. Okay. I so had not seen that. That was added by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN like 30 minutes ago. So, I mean, open He's Twitter once, would you? Always got to get in on it. Always would you just open Twitter it. once and check up on some type I mean, of news, Rami? Jeez. I'm constantly on Twitter, but I spend most of my time on there telling people to hashtag put a roof on it. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I brought that up. I brought that up in the last hour or two hours ago with Chris, yeah. who was sitting in for, with, uh, with me for Matthew Collar. When the twins got rained out, when that was announced, mm-hmm. I'm like, we should call Rami. Let's have Rami. <laughs> he goes, no, don't open that up. Yeah. Leave, exactly leave right. this alone. And Camden Yards is darn near perfect, so don't, really don't do that. Almost perfect. You're right. It's beautiful. Darn near perfect. Darn near. It beats Miller be Park, better? that's for How sure. Or I'm be sorry, better, State Rami? Farm. Is it State Farm Insurance? Not yet. Am Fam Stadium? Next What's year. their American Family? Okay. I think something. So, Cunningham, put into perspective. What does this mean as far as the search goes? And what's the expectation about how quickly Glenn is going to try and get a president of basketball operations in place, do you think? I would like to think they would like to have one hired by the time the draft lottery rolls around. That's May 14th. I think that's a very reasonable expectation. It's a little under a month. It, it should probably be done sooner than that. Now, now, what happens if they select somebody who's with like the Rockets and they're still in the playoffs? Then it's not going to happen? Well, they can leave right away. Okay. But it will... If they're talking to guys who are in the playoffs, which for the majority of these candidates, they are. I think all of them, except for Chauncey Billups, are involved with current playoff teams. So that's going to slow down the process just a little bit. But it's not as if you're hiring a coach of a playoff team like in football when we see right. a, a defensive coordinator. don't have a lot to do right now. Yes, exactly. They're, I mean, they're there and they're doing some things, but it's just not It's not as if you're hiring our team's defensive coordinator as your head coach and you have to wait for them to be eliminated to make it official and blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. So it, it does slow down the process a little bit but just not to that extent i do think that they're for the most part talking to the right people i i'm not a fan of chauncey Billups coming in here i think that he'd be much better off served being a number two just having no front office experience and being the guy to run a franchise i think is a really a really tall task for your first job in a front office and i think that that's something i wouldn't be comfortable giving him and especially when it's the wolves where the situation is not exactly cut and dry how to get out of it i think that that's a big deal you want someone with experience coming in to do this it can't be their first job in a front office i don't think, do you think the the splash value of the name and and players knowing who he is when it comes time to try and Lure people to come to Minnesota. Do you think that holds any value? It could hold some value, but here's the problem with that. How are you going to lure players to Minnesota right now when you don't have money? Exactly. Play, the right. thing that lures players anywhere are, are the dead president. Right. And, yeah. and they're the at the three dollar bills. And they're at the cap right now, correct? They're above it, yes. They okay. they don't they'll have the mid level exception. And they're this not year. paying the luxury tax, correct? Nor should they. Okay. I, I there are a lot of things you can't defend Glenn Taylor for, but I absolutely am on his side. Do not pay the luxury tax with this team. They are not worth it. Mm-hmm. The only time you should pay the luxury tax is when you are a championship caliber team. When you're the Cavs of the last four years, when you're the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets, the Milwaukee Bucks coming up, 
pay the luxury tax. Do it. You want to win a title. When you win a title, you never have to say you're sorry. But if you're not one of those teams, you're wasting your time. Right. And money, obviously. More so money than time. (laughs) Actually, that makes more sense. So who of those names intrigues you? And that's a question for both you guys. We we both know who Chauncey Billups is, obviously, as a player, as an analyst on TV. But as Danny pointed out, no front office experience whatsoever. The rest of these guys, I mean, some of the names sound familiar. I'm more looking at the teams and the systems that they come from, the trees that they branch off of, if you will. And I like the teams that they're trying to pluck from, the Nuggets and what they've done in the last year. Uh, And talking to assistant GM Calvin Booth, the Clippers, I mean, you can question some of the moves the Clippers have made over the last few years, but they've set themselves up to do some things this offseason and made the playoffs, which is two things that you can't say the Wolves have done. I think that that the Clippers are an awesome example of what, not you should strive to be, but a way that you can creatively build a winning team. Right. Because the Clippers have traded their their best player three different times in the past two years. They traded Chris Paul to Houston. They traded Blake Griffin to Detroit. They traded Tobias Harris to Philadelphia, and they made the playoffs. What other franchise could say that? They have, and now they've got more cap space than you could ever imagine this coming summer. So the way that that organization has been structured is awesome. I think talking to Michael Winger is a fantastic idea. He is, if, if I were making the hire, he would be my top candidate right now. He would. I I love what that we've heard of. I don't think he'd be my number one candidate that I would want, but on the list, but on the list that have been reported, he is absolutely up there. I think that there are a name or two I would have before him, but he, this is, he would be fantastic for the wolves who before him. In Mike Zarin. World. Mike Zarin is the assistant general manager in Boston under Danny Ainge. He's okay. been in Boston for 14 years. Okay. He And didn't they didn't they sniff around and talk to him before Tibbs? I uh Tibbs wanted to bring him That's here. That's okay. In the in the role that Scott Layden is in and All right. Zarin I knew there did was not a connection. Want to leave okay. for that. Sure. He's been with Boston for 14 years. Is he locked in there? I mean, when you've been somewhere for 14 years, it sounds to me like you don't really want to go anywhere. He's never been anywhere else. He started with the Celtics as an unpaid intern. And has wow. risen all the way to Danny Ainge's right hand man. Wow, uh, he's been around really smart basketball people his entire career. When he he started there, Doc Rivers was the coach, and now Brad Stevens is the coach. Danny Ainge is one of the best minds in in a front office. So I think that drawing from those things are things that you should be looking for when searching for this guy. Having guys with experiences in in organizations that have a good culture, like I think Troy Weaver, who is in OKC right now. Yes, Russell Westbrook's incredibly inefficient. That's why they're losing in the playoffs. But they've rebuilt their team. And if Paul George didn't get hurt, we don't know what they look like right now. But they lost one of the game's three best players, we can all agree, at the at the time Kevin Durant left. And they have not missed the playoffs. They've, they've continued to win 45-plus games. And yeah, they haven't advanced in the playoffs, but the Wolves haven't even made the playoffs. Like they made it once and they were far from it this year. And prior to last year, they hadn't made it in what, 14 years? Yeah, 13 You would years, love yeah. to have that. Yeah. That'd be a huge win. I think guys like those too. And, and I'm not saying that, uh, that Troy Winger or that, uh, Troy Weaver would definitely be above Michael Winger, but Mike Zarin would be. What do you see besides, besides the obvious on the surface things such as wins, Danny Cunningham? What do you see these guys who are coming from successful franchises, some subtle things that those teams do that could be incorporated here that this team clearly doesn't do? 
Making smart moves. I we saw this is well, why. Like, give me some subtle ones because you you can always say, "Well, just go go get a superstar." Then you know, no, 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 no. no I'm not saying go get a superstar. Right. I'm saying so making what are those, smart moves. So I'll, I'll give bring me up some Brooklyn. smart moves. I will bring bring up Brooklyn as okay. an example because they're they are talking to Trajan Langdon. All right. Brooklyn hasn't had a lottery pick since for 2013 was the last time they had their lottery pick when they they traded for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce with Boston. Guys, remember that that trade set that franchise back probably a decade, all because their owner wanted to compete right now. That's why Boston's on the run they're on. That's why Brooklyn just got back into the playoffs. What they've done is they went from being the third worst team in the NBA in 2016 to making the playoffs this year without a lottery pick. They traded, they made smart, savvy moves to get themselves back in position. Joe Harris led the NBA in three-point percentage this year for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if you guys know who Joe Harris is. He won the three-point contest. He did win the three-point contest as well. He pays to watch NBA All-Star Weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I saw him play here. I did not watch NBA All-Star Weekend. I'd like to apologize for that. But I sat by you yes. as Joe Harris hit these shots, and I said, the guy looks like he belongs in a pickup game, and he was really good. Yes. Joe Harris was on the Cavs in 2015-2016. He was part of a trade that brought Channing Frye to Cleveland. He was traded to Orlando. He had foot surgery the same day he was traded. Orlando, So he was in Cleveland having foot surgery, wakes up essentially, gets a call from Cavs GM David Griffin. Hey, we've traded you. Best of luck. And then he gets a call from his agent. Hey, the Orlando Magic are going to waive you. So he is out of the league, essentially. He's he's laying in the hospital having foot surgery, out of the league. He's, he's got no team. The Brooklyn Nets take a flyer on him that next summer. And he's blossomed into a, a very, very good starter, a, a sharp shooter from deep. You need to find moves like that. Not every move like that is going to turn into a Joe Harris. But being able to do smart things like those, that's how you get good again. By making those moves that no one else is doing. Yeah, I said yesterday, one of uh, Jonathan's questions, and it's not exactly along the same lines that you're talking about, where it's a complete, almost unknown, diamond-in-the-rough type of guy. But one of the questions that he had in cram session was, if you can get DeMarcus Cousins at a bargain basement price because of now another injury, would you do that? And I said yes, because somehow, some way, whether it's gambling on a DeMarcus Cousins or going and finding a guy like you just talked about, you're going to have to put somebody next to Carl Anthony Towns. If this team is going to make real noise in the West, you're going to have to put somebody next to Carl Anthony Towns who you're getting max production out of with nowhere near a max contract because you have to make up for Andrew Wiggins, essentially. And you have to develop your players, too. Going back to Brooklyn, look at Karis LeVert. He's he's the one that dislocated his foot here in Minneapolis earlier this season. He's He was a late first-round pick, and the reason he was a late first-round pick out of Michigan is because he got hurt his, his final year as a Wolverine there. They took a flyer on him, and it was a pick that, I mean, you're not always going to hit on late-round picks, but they knew that he was going to take some time. You knew that he was going to, he wasn't going to be an, a very good NBA player right away. But the thought is, okay, maybe he can be one at some point. Mm-hmm. And he's turned into a, a very good player for them, despite the fact that he, I mean, somehow he's still playing after that gruesome injury he suffered in November. He was fine, actually. Judd, his foot was pointing the wrong way. Didn't need surgery. <laughs> he didn't need surgery. He came back and played. He's fine. It's nothing. He missed forty plus games. You know what it was? It was an Rub over. Some dirt it was on an it. over the top demonstration of I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Everybody wants his attention. foot was pointed in the wrong I'm direction. Joke, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> so it was the quietest I've ever heard in oh, it was arena. Gross. It was gross. So so <laughs> I watch I watch the hockey playoffs right now, Danny. And yes, I do. and I say to myself, the Wild ain't in the area code. Like as a team, right? I watch uh, Colorado, which was the eighth seed in the West play, and they're big and they're incredibly fast, and they have a star 
Center, and they have all of these things. Nathan McKinnon. That, yes, he Put is. Me on a, a hockey I know you're not getting on a hockey podcast. <laughs> but to bring, but to bring this back to basketball, as, as you geek out to the basketball playoffs as much as I do to the hockey playoffs, sure. when you watch these teams play, and I'm not talking the best teams. I'm talking, I'm talking the bottom rung playoff teams in the West, for instance. Where do you see the Wolves being as far as do do you say that they're in the area code that they're nowhere close? Where do you see them being as far as if you were to insert them into the playoffs right now? On paper, you could probably make the argument that they have more talent than the, the Clippers. They just don't, one, put it together, and two, play the way the Clippers play. But you could make the argument that if you're doing a draft, the, the Wolves this season probably had a couple of the, if you're drafting five players, Wolves might have had three of them on their roster. You you could make that argument, especially after they traded Tobias Harris. But the Clippers have a have an identity. They have a style. They're very well coached. And that's not to say the Wolves aren't well coached, but to go through a, a coaching change the way they did. But you could absolutely say that they're more talented. How many teams can you look at and say Carl Anthony Towns? How many playoff teams could you look at and say Carl Anthony Towns would be the best player on that team? Because there are quite a few. You could look at Orlando. I know I know this is East versus West, and, right. and the bottom of the East is a little bit different. Right. You could look at Orlando. With Blake Griffin out, it's Detroit by a mile. You could look at Brooklyn. He'd be the best player there. You could make a case for a lot of these teams and say he'd be the best. He'd be the best in Indiana with Victor Oladipo out. He'd be the best player on the Clippers. He'd probably be the best player on the Spurs. Okay. So you could make that argument. They just don't have enough around them, and they don't play a they – don't, they don't have a cohesiveness. They're not cohesive enough. And I don't think you can underestimate how difficult it is to find a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. Very hard. These other teams that you're talking about, like the uh, two, namely the Nets and the Clippers, they've managed to get where they are without that marquee superstar. And even without, like you said, in the Nets case, no lottery picks since 2016. I mean, the only way they got a lottery pick was taking on Timo Mozgov's contract to get D'Angelo Russell, who was essentially cast aside by the Lakers in a terrible move for them. But right. But you need to hit and be right on so many moves to to take the path that the Clippers or the Nets did. It's hard. The the path for the Wolves is already so much easier than teams like that because you have the superstar in Carl Anthony. I don't Towns. know about. I don't know if I would say it's so much easier because those teams have not ever had financial problems recently. Brooklyn was able to make these moves in part because they had financial space and could take on bad contracts. The Clippers were really savvy, but they haven't been up against the cap. The Wolves are are over the cap. The Wolves have the Andrew Wiggins monster contract hanging over their heads. So I was going to that's where that. the, that's where it changes. But <laughs> you don't need to hit. You don't need to hit on as many choices, whether it's draft picks, free agents, if they can sign any free agents with they the money problems that they have. That's exactly. part of the problem is, but they don't need they don't need to be right as much as those other teams were because Carl Anthony Towns does so much of the heavy lifting. But they don't have as many opportunities to be right as those other teams do as right. well. That's, that, true that's also. the flip side of it. Those other teams have had all of these chances to go out and try things because they're not financially tied to it. The Wolves can't say that. The Wolves don't have the money to to bring, to bring in a, a mid-level free agent, really. Can they move Teague? Yes, I think Teague is, is that possible this summer. Okay. I, th- I think it's very possible this summer or... Next December, if he's not moved this summer, I think next December there will be a market for him, provided he's healthy. Anybody else on this team who's a candidate for trade? Uh, There could be a couple names. I I think a lot of this is going to... We will hear more once the draft lottery happens. Once once we know where everyone is picking, I think more things will start to heat up. Who is the most likely sucker to take the contract (laughs) of Andrew Wiggins? Miami. 
Okay. I think Miami is because and yeah, Miami is the one place where they have Pat Riley's got a huge ego, right? We can all agree there. Pat Riley thinks that everything he touches looks turns really to gold. old these days, though. But everything he touches, he thinks turns to gold. Are we? Am I wrong in saying no, that? No, that's probably true. Miami is also in salary cap hell. The exception there is they don't have someone signed to an Andrew Wiggins deal. They have a bunch of like slightly below average players signed to bad contracts. You could essentially trade Andrew Wiggins for Kelly Olenek and Deion Waiters. Neither one of those players are worth the money that they're being paid. They're both making around $12 million a year, but it's split up. And then that becomes easier to move. And that's how you kind of get off this bad money. And it's a lot easier to fathom Deion Waiters being Deion Waiters for $12 million when Andrew Wiggins is doing what he's doing for 25. It's just an easier thing to stomach. Can they take a big next step forward without unloading Andrew Wiggins? They can, but Andrew Wiggins is going to have to be a lot better at basketball for that to happen. I mean, he can, let, so no. let's say he proves us. <laughs> so I, no, no I, okay. I think you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> Realistically, this is not going to happen. Correct. But I mean, that's the only way it does is is if they don't unload Andrew Wiggins and Andrew Wiggins takes that step forward, then yes, they can oh. take the step forward. If, but if, Andrew Wiggins needs to do that for it to happen. If I sat down in front of Glenn right now and Glenn Taylor said, okay, Judd. He'd probably interview you for the job. Give me a coherent plan. President of Basketball Ops, give me a coherent plan. The first thing on my list was I've got to move that contract. And if you say absolutely not, I'm saying no. I don't know that you can move that contract right now. And well, another I, question I, I'm going to work ask, like hell, I'm going to work like hell to move that contract. You're going to work. I don't know that you're going to find that sucker though. That's that's the problem. Another question I'd ask is, and Derek brought this up on Score North Live earlier when he was in for the first hour is, he asked me what players other than Carl Anthony Towns are on this team the next time the Wolves are a three seed or higher in the playoffs. I'm not sure Carl Anthony Towns is on the team for that. I think that for that to happen, it's probably years away, and you probably have to go through a rebuilding stage. Because what what other than Carl's play have we That's seen? That's bleak, dude. I feel like. Am you, I wrong? Though? I feel like you, you buried doing? the lead, as we say. <laughs> Hold on. In my old business, I feel like you buried am I, the lead. Am I wrong? Before you that. before you explain why you're saying that. that, yeah, I need to think about it too. I I need to just get out of my feelings for a second after you said that and explain to us why. <laughs> On the other side of the break, why Carl Anthony Towns might not even be around the next time the Wolves are really relevant. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Mackie, but we have Danny. And we're back right after this on Score North. That's all right. It's Mackie and yeah, Judd. Make up more traffic. With Rami. Yeah, dude. We're talking in here. We were <laughs> talking was... off mic. It was very, it was very, very Sorry personal stuff. Sorry. There was. I went home for lunch in between uh, recording Five Thoughts with Derek Wetmore today, which I'm sure is up at scorenorth.com. Today was fun. But we don't did, go to that till after 6 o'clock. Of course. We did uh, the five... The five baseball debates that are sure to start a bar fight. And it was so fun. Go I'm check boycotting it out. baseball. Yeah. So <laughs> and he's got a good, in fact, in fact, Cunningham is boycotting baseball for a very good reason that we should talk about. This Tim Anderson decision today. Well, we'll get to that in a second. From what I've seen is just absolute garbage. We can get to that in a second. But I'm before the break, Danny yeah. Cunningham yeah. and what I was saying, I went home for lunch and there was a lot of traffic. I don't understand it. There's traffic when it there's snows. There's traffic at there's weird There's traffic times. when there's sun and it's the middle of the day. What is wrong with you people? I have Road discovered... I've discovered why Minnesota drivers drive so well in the snow. They because, do? Yeah, I think so, yes. No, they don't. Yeah, I think they drive very well in the snow because when it's not snowing, they drive like there's snow. You people drive so slow well, here. The problem, you people. The problem is, wow. the, not me. to Rami's point, the problem is construction. It never ends. And now it's going to pick up. 
and this is why I've always said that, that I would like to be in charge of traffic here. You get one project on the west side and one on the east and everything else you don't do. Is there one thing you don't want to be in charge of? Because no, you, you, want, you want to be the, anything, the president of the University yes, of Minnesota. You, know you want to be the GM you know of what? all four sports teams. The country. The country. President. No interest. Pain in the butt. No interest. I don't want to be in charge of an you just Anything, want to take over very specific I want to take facets over, of society. I want to take over jobs that I know for a fact I would be superior to the people who are trying to do them right now. I think temporary lane closures. Can I propose this, President of Traffic? Temporary lane closures should only happen like in the middle of the night. And I know that means construction oh, workers yeah, I've gone through that. Yes. have to work don't in care. the middle of the night. Don't care. But... Don't give a damn. Jeff, <laughs> totally with you, Ronnie. I've always said that. And and you, yep, you work from you work from one a.m. to, to like five a.m. Yes. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. He's right, Danny. He's exactly right. But I also want major projects. You get one on the east side of town and one on the west, and that's it. What about like when stuff needs to be repaired? Oh no, major projects. No, if if you have the road buckle because of heat, it has to be fixed. I am saying when we're talking about Pre, major pre-planned when projects. we're talking about digging up right. large stretches of road, you get one project on each side of town, and you pick them, and you tell me, and I'll let you do them. But that's it. You're not doing two on the west side of town and three on the east side. I of think town. you'd have to at least be like mayor or maybe even governor to actually have sway and make these. No, types this of is decisions. a new position. Yeah, no, it's I'm just pres- president just of traffic, president king of traffic, czar, czar of traffic, traffic czar. I like traffic czar. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes, I yeah. like that. That's all I want. Traffic because czar. I know for a fact that I could do. In fact, in fact, that's not all you want. You get power hungry. Well, color. <laughs> Collar and I on the you old Collar and I on the old Saturday show. I was complaining about this last year. Had a guy call in and say, "Well, you should come to our next meeting." And I said, "You know what? Tell me when, and where, and I'll be there." And the guy never got back to me. I <laughs> said, "Tell me when." Trouble. I didn't know. What to, he knew I'll be happy to show up and tell and tell you what you what you folks should do to help you. I'm trying to help out. Just walking into a meeting with a, oh, a room man. full of people he's never seen before, and he's going to step to the podium and go. This is why you people are wrong. <laughs> well, you're just screwing things up. Here's what I imagine happening if Judd was made traffic czar. Every morning, he would call ahead before leaving for the station and say, block off my route to work. <laughs> That's what would happen. It's like he'd get a president. He would get a, he would get a presidential, presidential escort. Right, well, that would yeah. come with it, of course. That has to come with it. <laughs> so you're making more traffic. No, I'm I, creating no. more traffic so you can but have an easy I want a limo. He's happy. I want a limo so that I can look around and see how the traffic is going. So I'm not creating more traffic. My car is right. off the road. I'm in the back of the... Of the luxury car, luxury limousine vehicle. Yeah, looking at the traffic and surveying. Why wouldn't you just get like a traffic helicopter? Wouldn't that make more sense? Because then you can survey I, and he's not scared of heights. I am, oh, I, yeah, I I am never that. going up in anything that has one blade, and that's it. It's got four blades. My point is, if it goes out, Does it have four or two. Well, you got the. It's two. You know what? Divided in the middle. An airplane, an engine blows. It's unfortunate, but guess what? Backups, right? If a helicopter power goes out, she's over. You don't have to convince me. You gotta, you gotta (laughs) drug me up to get me on like a commercial airplane. But I I am never gonna get. No way you're getting me on in my life. In my lifetime, I'm never going to get in in something that goes up in the air. Never. <laughs> maybe if I was trying to escape a zombie apocalypse, maybe you'd get me into a helicopter. Oh, because you were going to die anyway. Maybe. Is a zombie apocalypse really worse than traffic? Uh, maybe slightly. Depends on the day, I think. 
Traffic really eats at you. You see what I did there? Okay. Are you taking that one to the comedy club tonight? Because I can tell you right now, all those places with open mics just filled up for night. Yeah, where, where are you going to be for open mics so I know where not to uh, go? Tonight, nowhere. Normally, I would uh, You're not go, going on a Friday? No, I think I'm going to stay home tonight. What? Yeah. It's patio season. You know what, it's man? top season. Jerry Seinfeld wouldn't stay home. All right. I'm going to sign it. I'll be at, I'll try, I'm going to try and get the list at the uh, so easy. CCU, the Comedy Corner See, on Power Hungry. Let me, uh, I'm actually going to do this while we're on the air. But go ahead and tell us why, yeah. Danny. <laughs> Why you think, while I try and sign up for the list at the CCU, um, why you think that Carl Anthony Towns might not even be part of the Minnesota Timberwolves the next time they are really significant or relevant? So Towns has signed this extension, right? He's going to be here for the next five years according to the agreement of his contract, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's a very real possibility. One, we look at an Anthony Davis situation down the road. And what have you seen from this group of players and this cap situation that shows you that they can be a top three team in the West in the next three years? Well, that's okay. I agree with what you just said, except for that, that now circles back to why this hire is so imperative. You've got to get this hire right. Cause if you don't, then you, then you hit it, which is in three years, Carl's going to be like, see y'all later. And even then, say you do get this higher right, how are you getting another? You can get into the playoffs in the next three years. Absolutely, that's possible. Right. But a, a top three seed in the West, that's a difficult thing to do. Denver's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's Golden good. Okay. State's losing Kevin Durant, but they're still going to be a top team in the West. OKC's not going anywhere. Portland's not going anywhere. How are you passing these teams okay, but you're not, with this core? But but back to the point, and your point about Towns is if you get the right person here, and and let's say you get in the playoffs, but you're you're scuffling to get into the top three, and you don't, but he sees progress and things are going well, then I think he sticks he sticks this thing out, maybe, and eventually if you are a three seed, but yeah, if you don't get this hire exactly right, then then the Davis situation it's going to be a complete repeat of that, right? Yeah, he's just going to say because what's what's the incentive? Truly, to want to stay here, <laughs> there isn't one money. So he's from the East Coast. He'd be let, the let me, eventually the ideal Nick. To be honest with you, let Nick. me be. Let me be the first to say this: him then, and D'Angelo Russell if, are if tight. The, if, okay. the, if this is the road that we're going down, if I'm the next president of basketball operations and I get here and I assess the situation and I go, you know what? There is no way we're ever going to be relevant with Carl Anthony Towns. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. I don't have the cap space. I don't have the assets. There have to been put, too many mistakes to put the me. right team around him. Are you about to launch a Friday's hot take grenade? The best. I came close to I okay. came close to I'm doing sorry. this. I came so close to doing this in what I wrote today. I came very close to doing if, this. If in my expert assessment as the next president of the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's the conclusion I come to. That will never be relevant with Carl Anthony Towns. The best course of action I can take is to trade Carl Anthony Towns while he's in his prime, and get as much for him as I possibly can. That's one of the questions I think that should be asked by the candidates, is at what point do we deem this core a failure, and wow. what point do we get to start over? Right? You have to think about uh, okay, it. Here's, I'm, not saying, I'm not advocating to do it right wow. now or to do I'm it just, in the next I'm two say- years, but if in three years this still isn't working out, let me be you clear, have to think about it. Let me be clear it. about what I'm saying before you start tweeting me, because enough people already hate me for hashtag put a roof on it. So I don't want you to hate me unnecessarily. If you want to hate me, Hold on, I'm gonna, feel free. Just I want to make sure it's I'm justified. I'm going to roll on, on this and put it on Twitter as well, because this is pretty hot stuff. I'm not saying that I, Rami Makhlouf, am advocating for the trading of Carl Anthony Towns. I'm saying that if I, 
where somebody who was hired as the president of basketball operations of the Minnesota Timberwolves and made an expert assessment in that position that will never be relevant with Carl Anthony Towns, then I, with that expert assessment, probably say that the best course of action to take is to trade Carl Anthony Towns while he's in his prime and get as much for him as you can. Isn't that, I mean, what else, what else could you possibly say is the best course of action to take if that's the assessment that you've made? I'm with you. I, I don't think it's a, a something you do right now. Hi. I don't think it's something <laughs> you do right this now. Is such, these are such hot takes. But you have, if this is still a failure in two to three years, you have to look into it. You're doing your franchise a disservice if you don't. Because that's the only way you're going to build. Because then, at that point, you're going to lose them for nothing. And then you're still at ground zero. You're setting yourself back. Right? Right. But would you guys... Now, Did just you get to good be... footage there, John? Yes. Good stuff. Now, just to be clear, though, I I understand where both of you guys are going down the road if things don't, don't work. That's a worst case, absolutely terrible position to be in. But I get what you're both saying. But are you saying that if you're the GM who gets this job now, or, or the president of basketball operations, uh, to be more specific and correct, are you saying that you would be even giving this thought right now? Because he's such a superstar to me that I'm thinking he's the only piece that I can truly build around, and I'm going to do everything in my power. Because so few teams in sports, forget basketball, so few teams in sports have this guy. So here's the thing. The one time to be selfish as a president of basketball operations type person is in the job interview process, right? This is when you're supposed to be selfish and make sure that it's the right fit for you. You are not having this conversation with Glenn Taylor and Ethan Casson and whoever else is doing the interview process right now saying, well, should we look into trading Carl? That's not what we're saying. We're saying that is if this doesn't work and there are proven to be too many mistakes that have been made before I got here to make this ever work in three years, if it's still a failure, can we look then? That's the conversation you're having. You're okay. not having the conversation that we should look into trading Carl tomorrow. You're having the conversation, if this doesn't go well, can we look into doing this a couple years down the road? Would you look into doing it at any point in time before he potentially demands a trade, which we all know could happen at some point, or essentially says, I'm gone after this contract in three years, I'm not coming back? Would, would you be... Would it even be in the back of your mind to be proactive with that, or are we talking about reacting to a worst case that... Carl Anthony Towns triggers the best general managers and presidents of basketball operation in the NBA are always listening. They all, everyone, you, if you are a, another GM, you've got their phone number. You can always make them an offer. And there are some offers out there that just cannot be refused. You're always listening. If you're the GM, if you're the president of basketball operations, you always want to, no one is untouchable. There are very, very few players in the NBA that are as good as Carl Anthony Towns. There are even fewer players in the NBA that are untouchable in a trade market. Got a tweet here from Michael McGivern. He says, two seconds after Anthony Davis gets traded, you call the two, three runner-ups and offer up Cat. It's a no-brainer. It depends what the packages are for. Right. I, I mean, I, we I don't know. I could Like, I would not trade Carl for the Los Angeles Lakers package right now, not with as much time as left on his deal as it is. It is so hard to get a player like this in any sport. It's so difficult. This is a this is not a good player. This is a building block the teams. Agreed. The teams and and when you when you there's nothing in my mind that you could get back unless he demands out. There's nothing in my mind that if you proactively traded him that you could get back and turn around and say. I'm satisfied. At what point is are you wasting him? 
At what point are you toiling in mediocrity when he where forces, you're wasting When him? he forces your but hand. But even before then, let's say you never get higher than a seventh seed in the West. It's a failure. His The prime of his career is a failure if you never are higher than a seven or six seed in the West and don't win in the playoffs. It's a failure. I see what you're he's, saying. Yeah. He's too good to be a player that that's the ceiling of the team he's on. Whether it's his fault or someone else, he's too good for that, and that's a failure. Now, it it sucks for the Wolves that it's here, but it's that would be the truth of the situation. I don't see this often with Judd, mm-hmm. reading Judd right now, and he agrees with us. But he, he doesn't want to say he it. He wants to say what we're saying, but it pains him. No, I don't. No, I don't, because I've seen teams in this town trade players like this, and you never get back what you give up. I can't. I just can't do it. You're now, never going now, to get he, equal value. Right. The but, Pelicans are not going to get equal value. But the value North Stars for made Davis. these trades. The Wolves have with, with KG. Now, now that, that KG was aging and not the same player, but you still didn't get back what you gave up. I've never, and I've never seen a team trade a player as good as, good as Cat at the juncture that you guys are talking about potentially trading him and say it worked. I think he would have to force my hand completely before I ever considered because I still see him as being the absolute building block to any success that this woebegone franchise might have. He can still be a building block, but he can be a building block by getting fair value for him because that's how you could set up your your franchise for... Run the trade sims. Run the trade sims and tell I'm not, me. I'm not advocating <laughs> to do this right now. Because I don't saying, agree. I see I'm what saying you're saying. You have saying to I don't agree. It in like three years, if if they're still toiling in mediocrity, in three years you have right. to look at you see, rebuilding like that. I'm I'm going well, even I'm going even further than Danny. I'm saying no, I know you did. I'm saying that if you're if you look at it now and you say it's a dire situation, I don't have the money. You're saying today. I don't have the draft picks. I don't have the players to trade to do what needs to be done to make this team relevant. While Carl Anthony Towns is here. He'll never be worth more than he is now. The more years he has left on his contract, because he's good enough that teams are willing to pay a max contract, if he hit free agency tomorrow, you'd have teams lined up to pay Carl Anthony Towns All 30 teams a max in the contract. want to have Carl Anthony Towns. So he'll never, because teams will have more contractual <laughs> control over him, you'll, he'll never be worth more than he is today. And if, what's he going to get you, though, right now? If I have deemed that it will never be relevant with him, I got to get max value for him, and that means now. I think that's crazy right now. I think it's absolutely crazy. Three, I wouldn't do it right now, in but three down years, the road you have to look into it. In three years, I could see it becoming an inevitable situation that he's going to demand out or he does. Right now, I can't do that. I hope what I'm saying is not the case. I hope that, well, I know they're going to hire somebody who's much smarter than me when it comes to a sub-league and NBA roster and working within the <laughs> yeah, parameters. Yeah, they'll, they'll hire Judd. Right, exactly. But working within <laughs> the parameters GM job, of the salary cap. Because we just talked you out of it. That's I hope, a tough, this is a tough one. I hope they bring in somebody who can crack the code of how you do make this team relevant while Carl Anthony Towns is here. I'm just saying that if you hire the guy who you trust and you think has the answers and that's what he sees... And you got you got to make a tough decision. He's the key chip, though, to me. Yeah. If if he goes out the door, you're you are essentially for, forfeiting any opportunity that you have to have hope for five more years, probably. at least five more years. Yeah, no, that's obviously a complete. Because you're going to get drafted. five is probably a little long, but three or four maybe. You and might start. Just, if you you might start. Who are your key components? If then? you do it, I mean, we don't know. They're in high school right now. Zion Williamson, maybe if you can get that draft pick. That's well, that's your key. That's component. another thing. If you win the draft lottery, the this that conversation, the Timberwolves, have, everything. The Timberwolves, to my recollection, if I'm right about this, have never moved up. You're correct, but there's never a time like the present. You know what that means, Judd? They're due. Not That's the, what not that the means. Tim- Yeah, not the Timberwolves. <laughs> I got bad news for you. Did you really want to stick around and talk about this Tim Anderson thing for another segment? Well, if you guys want me to, I yeah, can. We'll, I've got takes. We'll talk, oh, you, you come got from takes? Cleveland, the Cavaliers. 
You're a Bulls fan from the from the salad days in Chicago, and you guys are trying to tell me that the Wolves are going to get lucky. Luck doesn't visit Target Center, gentlemen. I didn't My, just get Michael Jordan. I don't know if you remember, but then they got they won the lottery and got Elton Brand, which whatever. But they won the lottery. But then they moved up seven spots to get Derrick Rose. That year, I mean, I've had a lot of lottery luck in my the, uh, lifetime as a Bulls fan. The Cavs won the lottery. The Kyrie Irving pick that won the lottery was not actually their pick. It was the L.A. Clippers pick that had like a .5% right. chance of hitting, and it hit. Yeah, Their pick, they didn't win the lottery that year. Their pick was fourth. Their pick was Tristan Thompson. They got Kyrie Irving through the, uh, I think it was the, but that's Mo, what, that's the, Mo, the luck. Mo Williams, Baron Davis. This is trade. the luck I'm talking about that does that rarely, that never it's, ever visits the it's, Timberwolves. It's skewed our perception when yes. it comes to the Timberwolves. Yeah, you, you guys are talking like, that's oh, just going to change now. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we'll hit a quick break, and then Danny says he's got takes. Thanks, Murph. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. So many ways to listen to all your Score North content. Wherever you download podcasts, just search Score North. We're also available on Spotify. You can get the Score North app and listen to us there. Give us a five-star rating. Leave your comments. Subscribe to the podcast. Be nice to us, and we'll be nice to you, because you can win prizes through that Score North app. And it's available now on both Apple and Android. Uh, Judd is along for the ride. I'm Rami. Murph on the other side of the glass. Phil is in Vegas to see Steven Tyler, but Danny Cunningham just can't get enough of these airwaves. Filled in for Matthew Collar today from 2 until 4 and has uh, since been sticking around to talk some wolves on uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. But he said he's got takes. Oh, takes aplenty. On the latest unwritten rules flap up in, uh, in Major League Baseball. And this time it was Tim Anderson Shortstop of the Chicago White Sox, whose bat flip set off some fireworks a couple days ago, um, and the uh, it was the Kansas City Royals who did not take that very uh, very lightly. The bat toss that almost went all the way back to the White Sox dugout, and he emphatically screamed some things to his teammates in the White Sox dugout. So of course, the next time he gets up, you got to throw a baseball at him because that's you the don't have to. That's the, no, that's just a logical thing to do. That's Danny. the rule. Come on, that's that's how I've got things, the rule right here. It's fourteen B. It's how it's how things are done. <laughs> Dash two. This is just how things are done. Danny. I didn't think I'd be agreeing with Trevor Bauer on many things, but did you guys see what Trevor Bauer said on I, MLB Network Radio earlier today? I, I heard not, it. No, I did. Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on MLB Network Radio. I don't know what show, and he kind of talked about. It. He's like. Anderson didn't disrespect him at all. He celebrated. Hitting a home run in baseball is really hard to do. It's a really hard thing to do. You should celebrate it. Absolutely. So, like, this is a pitcher who will face Tim Anderson a number of times throughout this season. They're in the same division. Like, he is on his side unequivocally. Yeah. And I thought, like, I'm agreeing with Trevor Bauer on something. This is, wow. And and the, I, the thing I don't like understand. the second thing we've ever agreed on. The thing I don't understand more than anything, because... Guys are going to be stupid, okay? We've had these unwritten rules in baseball forever, and for whatever reason, some people feel the need to abide by them and enforce them and and be the 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 keepers of of baseball. They're not going to go away unless Major League Baseball really institutes some rules to negate the unwritten rules and puts in some rules, Judd, that really let the kids play. In other words, a giving out warnings before anybody is beamed instead of this nonsense where you know somebody's about to get hit, you let a pitcher throw at somebody, and then you go, warnings, nobody else throw at each other. That's where it starts. And then when guys do do what the Kansas City Royals did or what we saw with the Reds and and Pirates a couple weeks ago, 
there need to be serious ramifications for the pitchers in these cases. I'm talking like 20-game suspensions, and I know that seems drastic, but when you have a five-game suspension, like they handed out for, I forget the pitcher who hit... Chris Archer. Chris Archer. No, no, no. This this oh, most recent Keller. incident. Brad, Kel- Keller. Brad, Brad Keller. Keller from the Royals. But yeah, Chris Archer did it too. When and they you, gave him five games. When yeah. you suspend a guy yeah. five games, you pushed his start back one day. That's not yeah, good 20 enough. Twenty games would be. It's yes. not good enough a deterrent. You need these, you need to cost these guys starts and real money and cost these teams wins to get this crap out of the game. But this isn't difficult. This is what frustrates me about this entire thing. This is very very easy. If you're going to go with a marketing campaign, let the kids play. Let them play. Then if I celebrate a home run. And the next time up, the ball is thrown towards me. The pitcher's ejected and suspended. And, and here, But here's what they need to do. And this is the way that you got rid of bench-clearing brawls in hockey. You double down. If the batter who celebrates is thrown at, the player who throws at him, the pitcher in this case, gets in trouble. But where you really get them is automatic 10 games for the manager. If, if in, hockey, I like it. in hockey, we used to have bench-clearing brawls. And guess what happened? Hockey finally said, okay, we're going to get rid of these, and here's how we're going to do it. If a player leaves the bench and players go onto the ice to fight, the coach is suspended too. The manager, ding them there. No pay, 10 games, you're gone. Because they will say, I've never, let's backtrack here. Can you guys give me an explanation why whenever there's a dust-up in baseball, the dugouts and bullpens clear out? The bullpen's running in is the most That's comical the thing. No, but can in, you? In, yeah, it's sports. comical, but can you tell me why? Like, there's no compelling reason why. Judd, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I love baseball. Baseball is my first love. It's my number one sport. Yeah. But there's a lot of stupid crap going on in baseball. But we're talking about cleaning and, that. I know, up. and a, but a lot of, a lot of this stuff happens just because it's always happened. Right. We've talked about this before. Like managers wearing uniforms. Managers walking out to the mound to make a pitching change instead of just calling down to the bullpen and saying we're making a pitching change. Right. A lot of the a lot of the nonsense that goes on in baseball, the only explanation that you can give for it is that's the way we've always done it. But that's the only explanation that can be given. And it's stupid. In this case, if if I pimp a home run and either the next guy or the next time I come up, I get a baseball thrown basically at me and i'm not talking about an inside pitch pitching inside's in five i'm talking oh, about part of, you have to do that you do but i'm talking about when it's crystal clear that you are throwing the ball at my body then it's it's 20 games for the pitcher let's say that 10 games for the manager of said team and guess what happens the crap ends that, yeah. en- that ends it right there yeah that ends it you. that ends it right there because there's no reason there's there's it's not as if it's tough to fix. This goes back to why I'd like to be in charge of things. Mm-hmm. This is not a difficult <laughs> thing to fix. This is not a what are we gonna do? I mean, we gotta we gotta allow Johnny to throw it. And, and if you guys don't think power hungry man, I just thought of a new bit for the show. And if you guys think though, <laughs> I'm not done yet. If you guys think that Brad <laughs> Keller, I just thought of another new one. <laughs> if you guys think that Brad Keller really thought to himself, I'm gonna drill that guy. Next. No, he didn't. He was told to by Ned Yost. Who is what? Absolutely. An old school baseball guy. And so, not suspended. Right. So, Ned, guess what? You're gone now. You're gone for 10 games, buddy. Sorry. See ya. Guess what? Next time, Ned Yost is not going to say to Brad Keller, throw at him. So, here's my issue with it. What is baseball's marketing campaign right now? What was that? That big, long play. commercial we saw at the beginning of the year. It's yep. let, They had all the, the stars up on the podium. It's let the kids play, right? Mm-hmm. 
Tim Anderson was just a kid playing playing ball the other day. And he gets suspended for playing ball. Like I, I understand well, that there did, was did you see why now though? Yes, and I am fine with what he said. They suspended him for foul language. I am fine with what he came called, out of his mouth. He now he called according to the Jeff Passon story on ESPN.com right now. According to this, he called Keller a weak ass bleeping n word. So I don't. That's a word Tim Anderson's allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you. That's the thing. Thank like, you. Like, all, it, all, it, all I'm, I'm not sa- trying to get into a racial debate here, but if it was a I'm white saying, guy that said that, it'd be different. It'd but be Tim Anderson problem. is not that. All I'm saying is that. I understand the problems there, I guess, with that word, because it should not be used, I don't think, by anybody at this point. But that being said, it is interesting that Brad Keller and Anderson got in trouble, and physically, Anderson did nothing wrong. Exactly. I think it's a joke. I think it's a terrible look for baseball. The guy was having fun. He got hit. And then his emotion, he was heated. And he said something he's probably said his entire life. It's probably a word that's always been with him, and it's not a word that's meant to be harmful towards him. Like that's not a. If you, I see the path you're going down, I don't. It's just, I need to get suspending more him is a terrible look for baseball. I don't think baseball could come out looking any worse than they do in this situation, and that's why I, Danny I Cunningham, bad, yeah. am protesting baseball for how long? You're protesting baseball. I'm protesting for how baseball. Long? What is your protest? Uh, I'm not watching baseball until a, a late a date. To be later to say. <laughs> Wait, what? That's a that's baseball like of you. You can't do that. Give me, give me how long you're protesting. I for. haven't decided how long I'm protesting for. Cleveland just swept uh, Seattle. Yeah, They're I'm not going to watch. Cleveland plays the Braves this weekend. Guess who won't be watching the return that's of Francisco Lindor? It. You know what? Continue this protest after the NBA Finals are done, and it'll have a lot more teeth. To I me. think you should protest the duration of Tim Anderson's suspension. That that's should be one game exactly. That's, no, that's no, because point. one game, one game of my protest doesn't hurt them enough. That's true. I need to hurt them deep. I mean, what are you going to do that's going to hurt oh, them? Yeah, Rob Manfred's crying right now. Let's get him on the horn. Someone call up Rob Manfred. Let me talk to him. <laughs> Just give me your MLB we'll right TV uh, login info if you're not going to use it, because I could use that. <laughs> you don't have it? No. I, I know this website that has all the MLB games too, though. Really? Yeah. It's called Reddit. We can't talk about that. No. Why does everyone say that? <laughs> Boys, I'm going to tell you right now, I got cable. I'm perfectly happy. MLB Network, greatest thing ever. Real quick, the 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 bit that Wait, I came no, up not. with NHL Network while we were talking is Judd fixes it. Every week, we'll put Judd in charge That's a bit of that is something a bit else. Already a bit. Oh, really? Mr. Yeah. Fix-It, yeah. Son of a... All right. I mean, we could bring it back. Let's bring it back. Judd fixes it. I like it. But this is an easy fix. I agree. This baseball fix is a simple yeah, fix. Don't the man- suspend Tim Anderson. But, and yeah, I'm but the manager, protesting. the manager of the team that hits the guy needs to needs to get a multi game suspension because then the next time that guy is never going to say hit that guy on purpose. A marketing campaign does nothing to stop anyone. You need rules to stop well, people from doing these things. What made it worse? Major League Baseball like congratulated Tim Anderson on the home run and the bat flip with the hashtag Let the Kids Play. Yeah, I and saw then that. Suspended and then suspended him. him. It doesn't make any sense. All right, we got a break because we got to write I'm things gonna down. I'm going to go deal with traffic because Judd hasn't fixed it. You don't want to write things down with us? I don't have things to write down. I, I wrote every go day. Go home, Cunningham. See you, Cunningham. Continue your protest. Bye. Find his thoughts on the Wolves as they search for a new president at scorenorth.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Write that down coming up next, but first an accountability session. All that right after this on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com.